Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Britton. Hi, Matt. I'm super excited about this podcast. Do you know why? Why? Well, first of all, it's podcast number 52. 52? Which is a lot of podcasts. It is. It's like a year's worth of podcasts if you listen to one a week. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of time in, in the podcasting booth with us. <laughs> Thanks to all of our listeners. Yeah. We uh, we love hearing from you. We love your questions. Uh, and uh, we've loved meeting some of you. It's we sure a, have. It's been great. Uh, so on episode 52... We're going to talk about something that I've never seen. House hunters. House hunters. I mean, we should completely go off on a tangent and do an episode on real estate reality television. But that's a whole nother Matt Fuller rant. So (laughs) let's reel it in here to a specific show, which is House Hunters. House Hunters. And this is like a, a reality TV show on... I think it's HGTV. All right. And what's, what's the premise? So the premise is there's usually a couple, sometimes a single, but it's usually a couple looking for a new place to live. And there's house hunters in the U.S. and there's house hunters international. And uh, we occasionally watch either one of them, especially the international ones, when they're in a city that we've either visited or want to visit. And so mainly when there's a couple looking, you'll see what's crazy is that they almost never want the same thing. So that was going to be my next question. It's a reality TV show, so they must cast for conflict. So how do they cast for conflict in House Hunters? So they almost never want the same thing. And, huh. and <laughs> they, it, it kills me how um, people will like, one of them will say, well, I want a Victorian loft move-in condition with an industrial chic. And then the other one will say... That just hurt me, listening to you describe that Well, I mean, because... Property. Be- a Victorian loft with industrial chic. Because people... Keep going. <laughs> well, and it's like... And then it seems like the guy half of the couple always wants something. He says, well, I like... You know, there, there was one guy, and I, I, it might not be quite this crazy, but he wanted a craftsman, but he wanted it to be industrial. Um, like, an, you know, something like super modern inside, but a craftsman outside. And... Usually both parts of the couple don't agree on what they want. Okay, wait. We'll get to that. But can we just come back to this mythical craftsman for a second? Yeah. Is that really that unreasonable of a request? Like craftsman on the outside, totally open on the inside? Well, it depends on what market you're in. Well, couldn't you just make that happen anywhere? I mean, well, anyway, I digress. Well, before we, and even before we get too far into it, one of just, just as an aside, one of the things that I love about this show is that sometimes it's like, oh, you know, she's an airline captain and he's a doctor and, you know, they just have, they have jobs that are like not weird. And then you'll see the couple who like, they're a a llama trainer and a piccolo tuner or something. And they have a $900,000 budget. And it's like, man, llama training is, <laughs> I'm barely making that up. Where's, where do people train llamas? Like, where do they shoot this show? I've kind of made up the llama trainer. I, to- I totally believe it. Like, <laughs> let's just go with that. Like, it's like, like, I mean, is it expensive markets? Is it inexpensive markets? Is it, I mean, what? Well, a lot of the markets that they, see- what's our target demo? 
Well, they, I mean, it seems like a lot of the ones that I've seen, they're like, I mean, I've seen some where they're like, our, our budget is $200,000 and they can get a four bedroom house for that. But what's really interesting is that sometimes they don't even say what city they're in. It's really weird. Um, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. You just said someone could get a house for $200,000. I know. Most of our clients have... With four bedrooms. I'm still wrapping my head around that. I know. Most of our clients have more than that just for a down payment. Right. Yes, we won't go there. So um, so in various cities, right? It's not like it's, you know... No, they're they're all over the country. L.A. or... And is is this also the show that we know someone that has been on? Yes. Can we say anything about that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we know someone who was on it over in the the East Bay is where it filmed. Yep. Yes. So we've casted for conflict. We've got a husband and a wife who want, or a husband and a husband, a wife and a wife, yep. whatever it might be. Two people who want different things. Right. Two now, people. are they at least in the same price range or do they get a fight about money too? They get to fight about money too. They do get a fight about money. Because nice. um, you... and Discuss. Discuss why, money. Why is it always the guy who's cheaper? I, I have a joke about this. I don't know if it's appropriate. No, I mean, the, they, so they'll say, the guy will say, well, I want us to spend no more than $500,000. And then the woman will say, we could spend 600000 for the right place. And then the agent says, okay, I'm going to show you a place. And then they go to a place that's $575,000. And the wife says, oh, it's under budget. And the husband is just furious because it's $75,000 over his budget. So as someone who has worked with uh, plenty of buyers and your job is not to cast for conflict, what's the real world solution here? Well, when I've watched House Hunters and I see that the couple has a different budget levels, it's kind of like, I don't, we've never, I can honestly say, I don't think that I've really seen that with our clients. I mean, I think most of them say we can spend X amount this is what we're comfortable at. Some of them, what we do see is they're pre-approved for more, but they don't want to spend that much. Yeah. Because um, they don't want to. Yeah. Think. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, thinking back through all these meetings and I, I can't really think of any exceptions to what you're saying there. I mean, sometimes like, you know, one person will say like, well, we want to spend this. And someone's like, well, we could. And then the other person usually chimes in with an agreement, you know, like if it was the perfect thing, right. you know, we would do a little more or whatever. But another, yeah. another thing that kills me on that show is that people go so bananas about the exterior. And here it's kind of like, it has two bedrooms and a bathroom with all the necessary parts. And I don't know that I've had someone who says, well, I love the inside of this house, but I don't like the outside, so I'm not going to buy it. Did we talk about this on the podcast with Kevin? About Kevin's way of looking at houses? I don't remember. I think we did. Kevin Sawyer of uh, Sawyer's Design. We talked with him. I don't remember what podcast. Um, but when we would go look at houses together, he would always very deliberately like go take a moment to like look at it. From the outside. Right. You know, generally, like, you know, he'd actually, like, walk across the street. But he was doing something else as well with that. Not only was he, you know, making a decision about the exterior, but he was using it to figure out symmetry on the inside Mm -hmm. and, you know, other stuff, which was fascinating. But I think Kevin might have, you know, vetoed one or two for their exterior lack of presence. But I just had a thought. I wonder if people here, I mean, now that we do so many of our property tours, like in a Lyft or an Uber or something, you get out of the the car right in front of the house and you're a sidewalk away from it. 
So to take in the outside, you have to go across the street. Right. Because, but, but when you're in suburbia or in so many of these other markets, the house is set back 50 feet. So when you park in front and get out of your car, you see the whole front yard and the house set way back. And so you are struck by the house, the exterior of it first, not like here where you see the front door as soon as you get out of the car. Very true. And this is not for only for houses that have, you know, street frontage in San Francisco. We have plenty that, you know, like cottages at the back of the lot, walk, right. walk through the garage, you know. And then obviously if you're in a big condo building, sure, you know, you've got the exterior of the condo building, but you don't really look at that per se. Right. You know, you do, but you don't, I guess. I had some people who didn't like the exterior of Artera. They said they couldn't come home to that every day with the blue and orange. It'll be interesting to see how that one ages. 300 Barry. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just refuted something I said five minutes ago about, but I, I did not remember that one. I mean, there's it's interesting, you know, like some buildings age well and some do not. And that in itself could be an entire podcast. Yep. Um, all right. So back to the show. Back to the show. Yes. So the setup of the show is that they see three places and they pick one. And I have heard, although I don't know if it's true, that they've actually, prior to the show, they've actually already purchased. And then the agent finds two other homes to show them. And then they they, they film looking at all three. And then, but they've already picked it. Whoa. Reality TV isn't real. I'm just speechless. Oh, wait, let's keep going. So, um, okay, so how do they decide? So what they, they'll see these three properties, and it's so laughable. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, you can see three and then pick one. Oh, but wait, I mean, you let people see more? <laughs> Usually. Just for reference, uh, the longest we have worked with a buyer is about five years. And the shortest was an afternoon. <laughs> And he hadn't even seen the property. He's buying an investment. uh, It's not like uh, three houses and pick one. But anyway, back to the the reality of of house shopping where you see three and pick one. So then they usually, the couple, or if they have a single person looking, that usually that person has a friend or a sister or a cousin or like the moral support person. So, right. So they have someone to go sit in the bar and talk about it with. But is the moral support person on their side or do they like cast for conflict with the moral? Well, the moral support person often says, well, I can't see you living here. And Uh, so they do get devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the moral support person definitely will. It's not like the moral support person goes. They're not, they're not there to make it easier. No. Uh, Wow. They're just there to make it more correct. Yeah. Perhaps. Well, they have their By asking challenging questions. Well, they have their formula of you see the three places and then you go. Most of them sit in a bar and get drunk and then they pick. Do they play darts? <laughs> we need to do Matt Fuller's version of <laughs> I guess that's a no. So what happens next? And then they. Um, and then what I love is um, how they say, "Okay, we want to live in that one," and then the agent says, "Great, I'll get that going." And there's, there's no paperwork. And then poof, <laughs> the show's over. They own a house. And then it's um, three weeks later, or a lot of times it's like allegedly two or three months later, but it's usually all in the same shoot because they've already closed and they say it's three months later, but it's not. 
Um, so yeah, they, there, there's no paperwork. It's just like, okay, I'll put in that offer for you because real estate, you just do that verbally. Uh. And then when they say we, we made our, the place was listed at $600,000 and we offered 550 and the seller took it. And that's when I kind of go, that happens. <laughs> oh, oh. And that's when the show stops being believable. <laughs> And then they say, and we we wrote our offer three months ago, and we just closed a couple weeks ago. And some of these escrows are just ridiculously long, which makes my head hurt. Yeah, because, you know, here in the city, like 30 days is a long escrow now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yes, it is. So llama trainers get a house. Llama trainers get a house. Dog walkers, massage therapists. Yeah. Do you have any deep insights on this show from your, your real estate background? Um, I mean, other than the fact that it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, what do you love about the ridiculousness? Well, it's, I mean, to me, it just, it sort of makes me realize how different our market is because a, sometimes the agent will say, well, I know this one is over your budget, but it's been on the market for, uh, seven months. And so we could get it for under asking. We could get it in your budget. Yeah. So that's when, when was the last time you did that for a client? <laughs> well, we always get things in people's budget. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, when was the last time we got something under asking? I don't remember. Yeah, neither do I. It's been a while. It's been a long while. All right. All right, then that is House Hunters, and I don't know that I ever need to watch it now that you've described it to me. <laughs> you might like House Hunters International because you get to see pretty places. So is it is it that is there is there good real estate? the same voyeurism yeah okay let's go let's go house hunting all righty escrow out loud is a weekly podcast about san francisco real estate from the jackson fuller team san francisco realtors since 2002 show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com